Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise God. We have no idea how many personal storms in our own lives have been calm because we just called on that name. Amen. Amen. I appreciate the presence of the Lord. Thank you for tuning in, tapping into the presence of God here tonight. Brother uh, Osborne opened our service. I appreciate those words. Amen. We have must never ever forget where our true source of strength comes from. Amen. Yesterday evening I felt like the Lord just laid something on my heart and I started writing something. I sent this out actually to you just a little bit before church in an email. I realize everybody doesn't have an email, and so I want to take just a moment to read something. And um, I'm not reading something because I wrote it. I'm reading something because I feel like the Lord gave it to me. In the book of Acts, chapter 9 and verse number 11, the setting of this was after the apostle Paul, or Saul at that time, was on his way to Damascus, and the Lord met with him, a bright light shined, God had revealed himself. Saul was humbled beyond measure, I believe, in that moment. He was left without sight for three days, and then the Spirit of the Lord moved on another man by the name of Ananias. And you're talking about some tough marching orders. But the Lord said, Ananias, I need you to go witness and talk to Saul of Tarsus. And Ananias, being as human as you and I, said, Lord... Are you sure? You know the manner of man that you're sending me to. But God was doing a work on the other side. And it was at this setting, in this setting, the Bible says in Acts 9 and 11, and the Lord said unto him, talking about Ananias, arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. And then the scripture says this, for behold, he prayeth. Amen. Behold, Saul is praying. Amen. The last three words of this passage should bring relief to every child of God that has ever read them. At the center of this scene is a man with bloody hands. He has persecuted the church in immeasurable ways. However, after an experience with God that left him without sight for three days, he was in some posture of prayer and God heard him. Whether he was standing, kneeling, walking, or lying prostrate on the ground, it did not matter. What mattered was the fact that he was praying and God took note. At that moment, heaven and earth met. God heard his prayer and immediately began to prepare someone to go to him with restoration in mind. This restoration would give Paul a voice that would be heard and a ministry that would forever change the New Testament church's landscape. 
The image captured in Acts 9 and 11 reminds me of an old song from long ago entitled Steal Away and Pray. It's a simple song with a powerful message, a message that reminds us of the power of personal prayer. And so we, may we never forsake the altar in our special times along with God. Let heaven be able to say of us, behold, they pray. Behold, the church is praying. Ananias, you gotta do something because Saul has connected heaven and earth and I'm about to move. Amen, I need God and we need God to touch us. This is 30-30 prayer initiative. Amen, may God touch us and anoint us and strengthen us. Amen, and may it be said of us, behold, turn aside and see, look, the church is praying. The church is praying. It's an honor tonight to be in church. It's an honor to be in the presence of God. And it is an honor to have Brother Everett Bird with us to speak to us tonight. Amen. Amen. Now, generally, Brother Bird takes about two and a half hours. So I want you to just buckle in and let's just let the Spirit of God touch us. We love him. The Bible says that we, we should, should not meddle with them that are given to change. Amen. Don't mess with those people who are here a while, there a while, up and down, back and forth. Don't meddle with those that are given to change. I'm thankful for a man tonight not given to change. If you have known him since yesterday, he didn't change overnight. But if you have known him throughout the years, he has not changed. He is strong, immovable. His faith is secure. He is a friend of this church, and we are a friend to him. Would you welcome Brother Everett Bird in Jesus' name? Praise the Lord. It's a, always an honor to be here. I preached, I grew up here, been here, still here. I'm not going nowhere, but I'm just not here on Sundays. But thank you, Brother Boyd, for all that. Uh, everybody here does know me, so they know that, that two and a half hours is not. <laughs> but tonight, I think God is, as I was praying and getting ready for this service, I feel like God has directed me in a way for our world today, the world we live in today. And I believe God has given me a word for us today as a church, as a church body tonight. If you will, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. And we'll start reading in verse 25. We'll read quite a few verses, but then we'll pray and we'll, then you can be seated. Verse 25 says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor what yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather unto barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Verse 27 says, Which of you by taking thought can add one cubic unto your stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30 says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which, is, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, 
O ye little of faith. Verse 31 says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what withal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Tonight, if you would join me in prayer tonight, I'm going to talk about God, trusting, trusting God. Lord, let's pray. Right, Lord, I ask you to touch us and anoint us tonight. Lord, I ask you to minister right now, Lord Jesus, this congregation, Lord Jesus. I ask you to touch me, Lord Jesus, this earthly vessel. Lord, I ask you right now to minister right now, Lord Jesus, through these earthly lips, Lord Jesus, to this congregation. Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to leave us and let us leave here tonight, Lord Jesus, encouraged, Lord Jesus, and challenged, Lord. Lord, I ask you to minister right now, Lord Jesus, to each one, Lord, under the sound of my voice, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, in Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Perhaps you've been told that as a Christian, we must learn to trust in the Lord with all our heart. But, you know, today we live in a world that is a world of distrust. Everywhere you look, is, there's, you know, there's no trust. You don't, no one trusts anyone. There's where, any, you know, there's, there's where they don't even trust, you know, the, you, in times past when in life, you know, when I was growing up and even in my lifetime, I can remember where deals was made by just a handshake. You just if you said told someone you'll give them your word, that was how it is. But we don't live in that type of world today. We live in a world today that you better have every contract signed, every every ever make sure every contract signed because today in the world we don't no one trusts anyone. But there is a famous passage in Proverbs three that contains more than just one general statement about the way we should live. Instead, you'll find this, today we will find the steps in Proverbs, how we should live. And tonight I want to talk about a few of them steps. The first step we must talk about is we can't depend on upon our own understanding. And as we read through the Bible, you know, we through the scripture in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. But Solomon, he was writing in Proverbs, he knew exactly where we must start. We must learn to trust, not trust our own self. We must trust God. Most of us have had disappointing times in our life. We found times in our life where things didn't just turn out just like they should. There's times in our life that you know we 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 we, we did something and it just everything started falling apart. And we didn't understand why this didn't happen, that didn't happen in our life. And we find places in our life where we, we just couldn't understand why. Anybody had that question before? Why? Why this didn't work? Why didn't that work? Why is this happening to me today? Why am I having to go down this road today? Or why am I having to go through this trial? We don't understand why. But it's not for us to understand why. Because God says don't trust your own understanding. We must trust in Him. We may not know, we may not know in our minds and not have to possess the wisdom of all we need to know. Sometimes, you know, mind, we don't have to know because God don't give us the wisdom and what we need to know in every little intricate detail. But sometimes just trusting Him completely in life, you know, sometimes that becomes hard. Anybody ever found it hard just to trust Him without when you don't understand why? Sometimes it find, we find ourselves being tough just to trust Him 
when everything seems to be falling apart all around us. And we're looking at the situation and we're looking at our life and we're looking at everything around us and everything just seems to be falling apart. Life becomes tough. Time, times in life gets tough. When it, comes to stand, when it comes to the end of our understanding, when it comes to the end of our understanding, we must put our trust in Him. We must trust God with everything we know. Trust Him with everything, even those when we don't understand. Each day we must lay aside our own plans and our own expectations. We must lay aside what we want for life. And we must just completely depend on him. Sometimes we have decisions where we decide, well, this is how what's going to happen tomorrow. And when that starts falling apart, we have to lay that aside. We have to completely trust in him. In this world we live today, we've been through some things in the last few months that has put our, our faith to the test. It's put our church with division. It seems like there's been trying to put division and it has been putting division in the church because it's separating us and everything in life you know we find ourselves not understanding why we have to go down this road why we have to face the things we're having to face but today as again I say it's not for us to understand we must lay aside our plans and, and surrender our plans to God we need to cry out to God and Proverbs 3 and 16 says in all things and always acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. We must surrender to God. Surrendering to God must begin with our lips and our thoughts. When we, you know, we don't just, we can't just be, it's more than just a commitment to depend on him. We need to cry out to him. That shows our, our, shows our dependence on him. We have to cry out him like Brother Larry said tonight when we walked into this building. When you see men and, men and women praying, crying out to God. When they when they came to the end of their hope, and when they come to, or they may not be when they come to the end of what they understanding, we know where to go. We know where to cry out to God. We need more to be more committed to Him. We must be crying out to Him. When we pray, we admit that His ways are higher than our ways, and that's what we have to do in everything we do. When we don't understand why we're going down this road, or, or we get to the place of past our own understanding, we must cry out to the one that that has control of everything. He, he, hands the, he, he hands the keys of our lives to him. We, ha, we hand the keys of our life to him, and he knows that he's able to lead us. We must, we must flee from evil. And so much in this world is clutters our life and our relationships with God. John describes them as the desires of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And that's where we find ourselves. We get our life so cluttered in this world. And I feel like today in this world we find ourselves so cluttered to the point that we don't trust God. We find things in our life to try to fulfill what, what, he, what take his place. And we feel like we can accomplish this and we can do this. When things start going against our, what we feel like right, we think we can right that with some other way in our life. With the desires of our flesh. Sometimes when God goes against or the world around us goes against what our flesh wants. We start trying to recuperate. We try to physically change that situation. Instead, we must trust God. Instead, the life works best when we remember who the true source of our blessings is, and that is in God. God is our only source in everything we get. When we look at life, you know, we realize God is our, he's our only complete source. Everything that we get, everything that we 
that we need for our life, everything that we desire, everything comes from God. Everything else becomes is just a resource that God supplies our need through. You know, it doesn't, we don't go to the grocery store. To, they, don't, they don't supply our food. They just is where we go to get our food from. And so tonight, I'm here to tell you tonight, when we, go to, we need to go to the source. When everything, when we, some things goes falling apart in our life, we don't need to, to run to what we feel like a resource is. We don't need to read for we can find something we can find on our own abilities. We need to go to the source. We need to carry everything to the source and trust him. Simply and, of, simply and often forgotten. If, if not for God, there's nothing that even exists. You know, sometimes we, that's a simple thought, but sometimes we even forget that, that. If it wasn't for God, there wouldn't be anything. God created, God spoke everything to existence. And, and when we feel like when everything starts falling apart, we feel like we, we, we're everything that come into the end but we, just, we forget that God is one. He once spoke all this into existence. He can change things. He can change what we see with our eyes tonight. It doesn't matter. We just need to flee from the evil and try not to, 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 to stay straight with him and be, be wise in, in thy own eyes and fear the Lord and depart from evil. It's what Proverbs 3 and 7 says. We must, 2 Timothy 2 and 22 says, Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. We must flee lust of the flesh. We must flee the things, the evil things that, that separates us from God. If we're gonna have we're gonna put our trust in God, we gotta we gotta get rid of anything that separates us from his the relationship with him. When we pursue him, we find life. We find abundant life. When we pursue him in everything. So many times in life we try, to, we try to take care of the situations and we try to take care of anything that we face in life. But when we really, truly pursue him, that's when we find life. Through my life I've been times where I, I tried to pursue everything else. I tried to, try to make things happen on my own. And when I come back to it, God, it was, I had to go back to God. And when I pursued him and I put him first, and that's where the next point I want to bring out, we got to put God first in our life. It doesn't matter where, what, what we do in life, we got to put him first. It doesn't matter anything that we go down, what road we go down, doesn't matter what the enemy throws at us, if we put God first, he will can take care of it. It's, the easiest, it's easy in our life to put ourselves first. Because our flesh, that's what we want. We want to be first. We want to, we want to take care of this old flesh. We want to take care of this old body sometimes in life. And we find ourselves, you know, putting ourselves out there before we really trust in God. But when something good happens, we want to, to congratulate ourselves. When we accomplish something great, we want, to, we want to throw a party for ourselves. But when something bad happens, we want to console ourselves. Or we want to find someone else to blame. Sometimes in our life, you know, we, we, we think a lot of our old self. And so many times in life, we, we, we put ourselves before God. or We put our, what our, our fleshly wants before, before God. And I've told so many people as, over the youth, and I tell people, and even to this few, last few weeks ago, I told someone, I said, you've got to put God first. You put God first, and you ain't got to worry about none of this other stuff. All this other stuff that you can't figure out, all this other stuff that's falling apart in your life, if you put God first, 
He'll take care of all that. Proverbs 3 and 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy first fruits of thine increase. So shall the barns be filled with plenty and thy press shall burst out with new wine. Today, if we'll put God first, it won't matter what happens on, in Washington. It won't matter what happens anywhere else in this world. It won't matter what happens. If we'll keep God in where his place, and not just in our money, but we, we put him first in our money too, but we, we put him first in our time. Because sometimes our money, sometimes it's easy to throw that money in the, in, the, in, the, in the offering basket, but sometimes it's hard to give him our time. It's hard to make him first in, you know, in our time clock. or First time, it's hard to put him in our schedule. We have to pencil God in. We'll have to pencil him in five minutes over here. But if we'll start putting God first. If we get up in the morning and we'll say, "This is I'm I'm, God, I'm talking to God before I talk to anyone else." If I if I'll minute, if I'll get my right with that, that relationship right with God, all this other stuff won't matter. It won't matter what everything falls apart. It won't matter what the coronavirus is. It won't matter all this. We'll keep God first. It doesn't matter about any of this other stuff. It may don't matter what happens in anywhere as long as we keep God first. If we can trust God with our first of our wealth, there. They're truly, surely showing how much we depend on him. When we put God first in all things, it shows us how much we depend on him. Solomon reminds us that God never takes a break. He never, he never leaves us to fend for ourselves. Sometimes in our life when we find ourselves, we find ourselves seem like we're all alone. Anybody here ever been in the corner felt like, you know, everything's falling apart and my world and I'm all alone. Nobody knows where I'm at. God don't leave us there. He don't leave his children alone. He's there right there with them to pick them up. He's right there to defend for them and take care of them and supply their needs. Even in the midst of turmoil, God sticks with us and uses those challenges to shape us. Sometimes in life we ask ourselves, why am I having to go down this, through this trial today? But I'm here to tell you, God may be carrying you through this today. He may be challenging you. He may be shaping you into what you need to be. We can learn to, if we can learn to trust him in the time of trouble, we can, we can trust him in the time of good. When, he, we, when we understand that, we understand we put his trust, in, our trust in him first. If we can understand that, our perspective is completely changed. We, we can completely change our perspective if we'll put him there first. No longer do we see our setbacks as failures. We see them as moments when God is working on us. So if when we even fail, fail we, if we're looking at it in the right direction, if God is in the right place, we see our moments of failure and moments of God is working on us and building us and creating us into what he wants us to do. And that is exactly why we can trust the Lord with all our hearts. He cares for us each and every day. He cares for us, Brother Williams. He cares for our, as Brother Williams prays for his cat, and he talks about it whenever he message, if you've been around his message very much, he prays for his cat. He cared about Brother Williams' cat. He cares about every one of our needs every day. It don't matter how simple, how small our need is, he cares for that every day. He gives us what we need to thrive. He don't just give us what we need to survive. He, he gives us what we need to thrive. He pours blessings after blessings upon us. Of course, following each of these daily steps is not easy. You know, sometimes in life we find that, well, it's not easy living for God. 
but it's the best life that you ever live. That's why Jesus said we have to deny ourselves and follow him. We can't, we can't have it both ways. We got to deny this flesh and follow him. And we must do that. Trusting God takes a wholehearted commitment from dusk to dawn. It does. It takes. A, it, we can't just be half-heartedly living for God. We're too close to the end today. I feel like there's too many of us. I've done it myself. We've lived half-heartedly for God. We've lost that passion that we have for God. One times, and I feel like, and I'm just feeling like today that this, and during this Corona, the, 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 the separation and the coronavirus, and I don't know. I'm just keep going on that, but, but sometimes in that, I feel like we've lost the passion. We feel like we've been weary in this thing so long and we just feel like, well, is there ever going to be an end to this? We've lost that passion, but I'm here today to tell you we got to get our passion back. we got to get our drive back. And I'm not trying to say we don't need to separate and we don't need to do everything we need to do, but we still can get We can be separated and we can also still get our passion back. We can get our, get our relationship back with God. Trusting God takes a wholehearted commitment, but we've never, we'll never be alone in it. Tonight, as I begin, tonight I want to talk to us about one more story. And maybe kind of feel like I may be kind of drifting somewhere else, but I feel like I'm going to try to tie this back together. In Matthew 14 and 19, or by chapter 14, there's a story about Jesus feeding the multitude. He fed the 5,000 with, with five loaves and two fish. And as the multitude gathered and they asked, Jesus asked for food, if they had any food to feed this multitude, and they came up with these five flows and two fish. And as they became, got these fish, and I'm going to pick up in verse 19, when the Bible says after he gets the fish, and he says, and he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up into heaven, and he blessed, and he and break, break, and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples to the multitudes. And verse 20 said, and they did eat, and they were filled, and they, were, and they took up the fragments that remained, 12 basketfuls. Tonight, we ain't all familiar with this story of, of Jesus feeding the multitude. There was a, that was a, one of his miracles, and that's a miracle, and, that, and, that's, and it kind of builds our trust when we say, well, God fed the multitudes. But tonight, I want to break this scripture down just a little bit. He first, the Bible says he first, he told them to sit down. Then he took the two, the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up into heaven and he blessed them. And then he did something else. Then he broke them. And as he broke them, and he started dividing them and giving them to the disciples to hand to the multitudes. The miracle didn't happen until it was broken. And so I feel like tonight, sometimes you know we have to be broken to be able to trust God. Sometimes in life we feel like we have to be like this bread. We have to be broken so we can be used. And tonight as I begin to close, I ask us tonight. I says, you know, when, when, when Jesus broke that bread and he began to give it out to the disciples, then the miracle didn't happen again. The miracle didn't happen until it was broken. And so tonight, tonight we're looking at this this our life and we're looking at the uncertainties of our world and sometimes I feel like I feel like to be used tonight we're going to have to be broken and so tonight as I begin to close I ask us tonight 
Are we going to just be sat, sit by and still not trust God? But I feel like we need to be broken as this bread. If to be broken, you're going to have to be broken to be used. You're going to have to be broken. Sometimes you know, when we look at this here, we look at the miracle of this here. When he, when he blessed the bread, he prayed over the bread and he blessed the bread. And he started breaking it apart in pieces. It was still two, two fish and five loaves. But as it was broken, it multiplied. And sometimes in our life, our faith can be just like that bread. Our faith can be when it becomes broken in the hand of the master. When our lives become broken in the hand of the master, it can be multiplied. It can supply every need. And so tonight as we stand across this place, I ask us tonight, as we look at our lives tonight, I feel like we need to break, be broken. If you're, if you're in a need place tonight, a place that you don't trust and you're not trusting, I ask us tonight, are we broken and are we usable? Are we a, are we a usable vessel? Are we still full of ourselves? Are we still whole? We still holding ourselves together, trying to take it, make it on our own? Or are we like this bread? Are we going to be broken? So tonight, as I as I begin to close, I ask us tonight to to search ourselves tonight and see where we stand tonight, see where our, where our life is and where our trust is. And I ask us tonight to break yourself and break us to a point that we can be using. As they begin to sing tonight, I make an altar where you're at, or you can come to the altar wherever you want to do tonight. But I feel like we need to, to break ourselves tonight and, and, and get connected in with God and get a complete connection with Him tonight. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.